Hello, beautiful people. Quick question. Have you ever thought to yourself, I've been passed up for a promotion, but I don't understand why? Or I want to change in my career, but where do I even begin? We know we're not the only ones that have had these questions. And that's why we started this podcast. It's called Career Gems for the Journey. And we hope that as you listen, you'll discover some gems for your career journey. I'm Leah Murphy, and I wear many hats. I'll tell you about three of them. I'm an engineer by trade, a career coach, and an entrepreneur, all while working to stay happily married and raise three children. And my name is Alma Gordon. I'm a brand marketer, entrepreneur, and serial passion pursuer with a business approach to my endeavors, but always with a creative spin. And we're two really great friends that have supported one another throughout our professional careers. I mean, we've been through it all, and we're here to share some authentic stories, key successes, and setbacks. You're not going to want to miss this. Hello, beautiful people, and welcome to another episode of Career Gems for the Journey. We are back, back, back with another episode. This is Leah. And this is Ama. Welcome, welcome, welcome. <laughs> you got, got the Florida humidity in the welcome. Yeah, a bit. I had to take my sip of sparkling water because my throat is just a little scratchy from the air condition. Tis the season, right? Ama's a snowbird. She's giving us snowbird vibes. Left New York for warmer weather. I'm a whole a snowbird. Weeks. Yeah. And I'm not ashamed to say it, even though I'm not a 65-year-old retiree. Why, why can't we all enjoy snowbird life? Why Why put limits on it? Why you gotta have a replacement hip to be yeah. a snowbird? Like, I don't, I, I don't feel like that's I know. And we, I mean, I feel like we talked about the benefits of remote work, and if not, we should in a future episode. But I think it presents flexibility for all of us, right? If you... You know, if you're working from wherever you are, why not enjoy that location, right? There you go. I love it. I love it. So today's episode is one we've been anxiously anticipating because we got a lot of questions from folks around entrepreneurship, folks who are currently in a, a nine to five or have a day job and are trying to figure out how can I dip my toe in the water or how can I like introduce myself to it and make that transition so it's not as night and day. And for a lot of people, um, there are small opportunities to be able to do it, but you have to do it in a creative way. And the episode today is going to talk about hybrid work. And on top of it, cherry on top, ding, ding, ding for the cherry, is we're going to also talk about franchising, which we have never covered in a single episode before. So this is a premiere <laughs> of discussing franchising as an opportunity. And we have a wonderful guest who is also going to join us. Uh, and I'm going to intro her and let her say hello to us before I read her bio. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm Ricky Renz. Awesome. Awesome. So welcome to the episode, Ricky Renz. So Ricky is, okay, she has all of the things. She has two first names and two last names. So I'm going <laughs> to say all of them. Listen, I'm just stating the facts. LinkedIn does yeah. not lie. <laughs> she does, right? So Ricky Quinn James Renz, MBA, yes. by the way. Yes. So Ricky oversees a significant contribution supporting vital supply chain services, contract administration, and supplier management functions by drafting, evaluating, and astutely negotiating agreements and budgets between vendors, distributors, hospitals, and healthcare insurance companies. Her strengths include 
influencing problem solving skills with a sensitivity to developing and writing negotiating efficient sustainable contracts actively facilitating progress across with cross-functional teams and contract analysis operations supply demand planning and legal to finalize contract language and submission of bids Woo! that was a mouthful aren't you exhausted and i love it wait i'm not even finished wait a minute wait a minute i got a little bit more currently ricky leads a diverse team delivering the full life cycle of contracting intricacies utilizing strategic thinking and prioritization skills ricky brings clarity to opportunities to change the global procurement organization healthcare education sites and hospitals contracting and budgetary requirements and she does that for our alma mater Temple University in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Ricky is also, and why she's here today, the sole owner of AR Workshop in Chestnut Hill, Philadelphia. Welcome to the episode, Ricky. Thank you. We usually do a little bit of a um, mental health check-in. So we're going to start with you. I do, right? I jumped the gun because I was excited. I jumped the gun because I was excited because the last um, few days have been really productive for me in a, not necessarily in a tangible way where other people can see it, but for me in a mental health way where I can really feel it. And I have taken on this prayer and meditation as I prepare for my birthday that's coming up. So I'm working out every day and I'm doing prayer and meditation every day. So I am trying to work on my body and my mind every day up until my birthday. So really excited for how I'm feeling at the moment. And it's quiet at my house, y'all. Like I have three small children. For those who have not heard our episode before and are not familiar, I have two identical twin boys who are five years old and I have a 10-year-old daughter. And my husband has managed to have everybody quiet and occupied so that I can record this episode. So, you know, I'm just thankful for the small things because we're here today and we're doing it. We're definitely doing it. What about you, Um, How are you feeling? That's goals though. Look at you go. <laughs> you know, some days it all comes together. Some days it's a hot mess. <laughs> Wait, Ricky, we didn't get, we didn't hear from you how you were doing. I am glad I survived the Monday. Um, you know, I'm just, uh, I actually have two teenagers. So they are currently quiet, which is a little scary. Um, but I did tell them I'm going to be on here. So thank goodness that they're adhering to the shush. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just, you know, had a, a long day today at work and Leah, you were talking about how you're doing mental and spiritual things. And it's just really putting things in perspective for me that I really need to start focusing back on that, you know, cause, uh, the busy lives kind of push those to the side and you always want to put, they're on your, my to-do list. I just haven't done them yet. Yeah, we've all been there. I think we all ebb and flow, right? There are peaks where you're like firing on all cylinders and there's valleys where you're not. And I was in a valley for a little while too. And I was like, Leah, you're not, you got to get your life. Like you got to get yourself all the way together. So I tried to use, I always, every year I try to use my birthday as a catalyst to change a behavior or start a new habit to do something on my bucket Mm -hmm. list. So that's how I came up with the 39 days. And such a coincidence that your birthday's at the start of the year, right? So, you know, it kind of works out with, you know, the new year starting off fresh. There you go. The universe. God said so. But I am going to try. I am because, you know, this is honestly my busy season. So December is like the worst month for me in all facets, which we'll probably get into later. So January is really like new beginning, new year, new me, new mindset. Yeah. Awesome. I start again every day. 
you know, <laughs> every day is a new beginning to try again. <laughs> and uh, so I'm feeling pretty good overall. And yeah, I'm just happy. I, you know, I, I made a conscious choice to, to come to Florida. Um, I work in New York. I'm based out of New York and it's very cold. It's cold this time of year. It gets dark early and I needed the weather and the sunshine to help propel my mood and to help with my productivity. So just came down here. <laughs> so it's helping. I'm feeling, I'm feeling good. And you know, what's interesting that I think might tie into what we'll talk a little bit about with you later is when you're juggling a lot of things, right? It's very easy to get overwhelmed. So as much as you can put in some sort of system, a template, a process that can be replicated, I think is really what allows many things to be going on at the same time. So that is what I'm in the process of doing and grateful for it. But so happy to have you on the show today. Thank you so much, Ricky. I think your name is amazing. I actually love it. I might steal thank you, thank you. one of your names. <laughs> I don't have a middle name, so. But, um, yeah, thank you guys for having me again. This is really cool. Yeah, so talk a little bit about your background, right? Mm-hmm. And how you, your background in supply chain procurement expertise coming from academia and then how you got introduced to franchise ownership, like bring us to the present. Sure shall. So um, I actually work for the Temple Health System. So um, which is, you know, a separate entity from Temple University, but we do have some overlap on some things. Uh, But I've been here at Temple for, it'll be two years come March. So I made the genius decision to go get a new job at the height of the beginning of the pandemic. And where did I go? I went to supply chain, like a very smart individual. So no one knew what supply chain was before 2020, right? If you did, it was only because you worked in it. Um, So, you know, I got a crash course into supply chain. Previous to that, I was at Fox Chase Cancer Center. Um, So my specialty, my, you know, um, everything that I know is really in regards to transactional law. So I'm not an attorney, but I do have um, a paralegal degree as well as an MBA and all some other kinds of certifications, but I wanted to be an attorney, but I am the worst test taker that there is. So a standardized test and I doesn't matter how hard I try and prep for it. I suck at them. Okay. So I didn't get into law school because I sucked on the LSAT. So I said, what's the next best thing? Being a paralegal. So I was a paralegal for a number of years uh, in uh, the finance industry, um, software, uh, drug delivery, pharmaceutical company, then a cancer center. And now um, it's led me to, to Temple Health System. So I didn't realize in school, like way back, like grade school, high school, that English was my jam. So I knew science and math were not, but I didn't remember that I was good at writing and I liked reading um, things that were of interest. So that's how this all came to be is that, you know, I, I would like to, I say argue, but folks tell me that I should use my, my, um, my words. So debate and negotiate are the words that I've been told to say versus argue. So I like to do that a lot. And I like to do that on paper. 
right? So that's how this really empowered me in my day job to, you know, move around because in my world, a contract's a contract, which most people don't read. And I like to read and I like to pick out the finer points of, you know, a certain nuance of a word, uh, a shall versus will mean completely two different things in corporate worlds, right? So a lot of people glaze over that, but I find those and I get to debate those. And that's why I really enjoy what I do. Um, just from a contracting perspective. So then um, in my late 30s, my mom had um, retired and I said, you know what, by the time I turn 40, I want a business. I want to own something. And I just sat there and looked around. I'm like, I have no idea what I want to own, but I want to own something. So, um, so I went to this place, which is similar to what I own now, and it's a DIY spot and I went with a friend of mine she's like come on you can drink wine and we can bring food and we can just make something and I'm like well I don't like making things I like buying things so I don't know how this is going to go but you said wine so I'm going so we we went and I it was like the best thing I just felt like you know I walked out with actually something that I wasn't embarrassed by and I was like this is so cute so then I went home and to my family and friends was like I went to this place it was so cool and I told them all about it and they're like what is that like painting with a twist I'm like no it's not that at all it's you know wood and you you can make wood things and canvas things and you know do all the stuff and they're just like hmm so then I brought my mom the next time and she's like oh my god this is so cool I said do you want to own one with me and she's like sure well, she wound up not being a part of it. And it took me from October when I put my first like request in for interest to February for me to get it. And it just was, you know, we can get into the specifics of that if you like, but that's how quick it happened for me. I made a decision. I submitted a request of interest. And then a couple months later, I was standing in a business that I was like, okay, so now what do I do? So you went all around the world. I love that you really thought about your career and, and living into the things that you're really good at, right? Like if you can, if we can all build a career on things that we're good at that come naturally to us, then the world would be a better place, right? People are less stressed. People enjoy their work. Coworkers are more pleasant to be around all of the things. And you talked about the crash course in supply chain. And Ama mm -hmm. has had many episodes where people are aligned with her background, marketing and branding. I am the one who spent 12 years in supply chain before mm. striking out to do my own thing. So I am extremely, extremely pleased to be in great company with a fellow woman of supply chain. Yes, uh, yeah, I am well-versed in a shall versus will. And a I didn't see, no, no, no. Versus I didn't say contract. I said supply chain. <laughs> so, I know you know a contract. So Ricky, when you were saying that, I was like, you know what? I'm going to wait till we expand, expound upon this a little more because man, I, I live for a May, right? In any language, yes. Yes. this May. <laughs> yep. I know. It's, um, and, and it's, isn't it interesting, though, that people really don't read what they're signing up for? It could be millions of dollars. It could just be a cell phone. But folks have no idea what they're reading. And I think I'm the only one in my circle, like, you know, of friends and family that actually reads you know, what they're signing up for. And so I'm always schooling folks and my teenagers and their friends. And, you know, it's just like people, you have to read things and words are important. You know, my daughter just took the SAT last week and she, I was like, well, how do you think you did? She's like, yeah. I'm like, English, the English part of it will travel and take you through your jobs, through the rest of your life. I'm like, use your words. Cause these, uh, what are those called? Those little letters, acronyms, 
you all talk and speak and write in acronyms, that means nothing in real world. I'm like, so please use a full word and a sentence because uh, honestly, when you start having to, you know, in the in my business, um, that's that doesn't cut it. And you you know what else is almost with the next generation not even a thing typing. I remember <laughs> I was hiring an intern. Or no, I was um, helping to guide an intern uh, for an opportunity at an office where I was working. And I said, you know, do you, you know, how is your typing skills? And she's like, like on the iPhone? And I'm like, oh. and I'm like no, 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 no. I mean, you know, with the home row and the keyboard, right? And she's like, mm, not that good, um, but I can text really well. <laughs> Those like, oh thumbs. Those thumbs, they are on fire. I watch it. <laughs> I'm like, that's I can't do that. I can now I can use all the fingers, but not the thumbs. <laughs> so talk a little bit about like we would like to understand your funding sources and how mm-hmm. from October to February, right? Between you demonstrated interest and you actually having your full body in a business in February, yeah. which sounds completely rapid and exciting. So just tell us a little bit more about that part, the funding sources and how you went so quickly in the process. Yeah, so the first thing is um, I knew, like I said, I, it took me a couple years to, to put my head around and ma- actually make the decision that I wanted to own a business. So I said, okay, I'm not going to open, I'm not going to start getting more credit. I'm not going to, I want to make sure that my credit's awesome. I want to pay off bills. Um, you know, I always said a student loan, still have it, but it will be paid off at the end of this year, thank God. Um I, I'm going to throw myself a party just for the fact that I've been paying student loan for 21 years. Okay. Woo-hoo! That's just seriously. Um, so, you know, I had student loans sitting there. I had a mortgage, but you know, my actual, like I didn't have credit cards, you know um, I didn't have a, um, a loan, a car loan because I had paid my car off and I will drive a car down to the gristle, to the bare bones before I buy a new one, even though I love a new car, but I'm really misery that way. So um, the fact that I had really good credit, was the first thing I, you know, was starting to shop around and I got really discouraged in the beginning because I started to go to banks. I mean, that's what you think. You're like, Oh, I'll go to a bank. They give me a loan. And there we go. No, um, they, they, they turned me down in the first like conversation on the phone. I'm like, no. Um, so then I started to shop around at, you know, okay, maybe I should go to score and just figure out what I need to do. Um, maybe I should go to a small business, you know, um, uh, association, you know, and, and see what they have. Temple has one. And I just started to scout around like, okay, it wasn't as easy as I thought, but what wound up happening was, um, somehow, some way I found this company. So this company is called Benetrends and Benetrends said, okay, well, if you have money, um, in an IRA or like you, you once had a 401k and you moved it, you know, to one of these IRAs or, um, you know, we can use that money for a business. And I said, okay. So they said, well, you won't have any penalties. You won't, um, you know, for cashing it out, this will just be, um, how you can put your, you know, you, you can have your seed money. And I'm like, okay, because this franchise that I was, you know, trying to get into, you know, they said, okay, well, you know, there's a $75,000 fee. Um, then you also have, you know, the rent, you have to buy all the supplies, you have to, you know, do all the stuff. So I said, all right, well, I'm going to need about, I don't know, you know, I figured between 75 and a hundred thousand dollars just to start. But I'm like, I don't have that money just sitting around somewhere. So I didn't need money because I had good credit. 
So as soon as I went to this company, they're like, oh yeah, we can just, we'll partner you with these companies. We'll start giving you credit cards. Like I started applying for my business. So I got my you know business name and a DBA and EIN. And then I got Dunn's, the Dunn's Bradstreet. And, you know, so I started getting all these things. I'm like, okay, here's a real company, a real, you know, checking account with the business name, everything. And I just started to apply for things under my business name. And it started to come because they'll say, okay, well, what is your, they look at my, you know, credit, even though it's in the business, they'll look at me and say, okay, you're viable. And they were just throwing money at me, honestly. I was getting money from banks. I got, you know, loans from banks. And again, that money that I had in my Roth IRA that I had just sitting there, that was my just in case. Like that was my like so collateral, so to speak. I I used that as my cash when I actually started opening my business because everything was paid for through loans. But that seed money was just the cash that I was my operating expenses. So had I not have had that, I probably would have had to borrow more money just to, for that purpose if they would have given it to me. You just dropped the gem, right? And this is probably the first time that we've heard anybody talk about independent financial assets and how to leverage them in order to bring that bring those leverage into your business. So that's really exciting that folks will be able to like think, rethink, right, of what your 401k or your IRA is doing for you now, what it can do for you now and what it can do for you at 59 and a half. Because we right. do want to, you know, we want to get there and we want to make sure we pay our taxes. We don't play with the I, the R or the S, but we do want to make sure that we're educated and informed of yeah. other ways that we can leverage um, those funds. And your, I think the word collateral was absolutely a perfect word for the way to take advantage of that. No, I was going to say, you know, that I still have, you know, through my, my day job, I have, you know, the four, well, we have the 403B, right? I still have that separately. But when I would, you know, switch jobs and they'd say, okay, well, you can't, you know, send it to your next job. You have to put it in an account. That's what I would do. I would just keep banking it. And now it's like, oh, we're going there now. Mind you, I wasn't a job hopper, but when you do look at my LinkedIn, you will see that I have, you know, four years was like tops. Okay. So I started, you know, so every time I would move, I would just put it right in there and just act like it didn't exist. Cause to me, it wasn't real money to me. But then I was finally able to use it as real money, which was like a eureka moment for me. I'm not, I don't have an LLC, I have a corporation. So that's why, you know, I'm set up very differently. Like I'm actually set up like a corporation and, you know, I have shares and I have, you know, have to have board meetings and I have, because I'm set up this way, there's a lot more rules and guidelines than if I was like an LLC or anything else that most businesses um, start off as. Yeah. Uh, you're speaking my language now, Ricky, because my business is also a corporation. Uh, so, um, but there's one thing that you mentioned, I think that could help with beginners, right? Because when people are thinking, oh, you know, I've heard the word franchise, but what does it even mean? How do I get started? How do I get involved? What do I need? You mentioned something that I learned just as I was going along, starting my business, that your business credit is your credit in the beginning, right? Um, sometimes you may think, oh, okay, you know, I, no, this is a separate entity, right? And you're looking to start an account or get a credit card or in, you know, a lot of times people think it's really cool. Like, oh, I'm going to use my business card, right? In order to qualify for those things, they're using your credit. (laughs) You know what I mean? So I think, I mean, it may sound, you know, simple and small for maybe this conversation, but I think for many, including myself, when I was first starting, I was like, well, what do you need my social for? I've got the business EIN number. You know what I mean? Like, 
And they're like, no, and, and your address, wait, my address, I have a business address, right? So, so, too, so many times, yep. Yeah, so. I'm trying to separate myself from, you know, I was like my personal and my business and I, you know, and they're like, yeah, you are separate, but, you know, you're just starting out. And so to your point, you know, I, I did the same exact thing and now I'm at the point, it'll be three years come February um, that I'm more, you know, more business, you know, um, things are getting out of, you know, my name and I don't even have to, you know, show my personal, um, you know, anything now. It's just really all my business now. Yeah, no, perfect. Perfect. I just wanted to highlight that because, you know, you mentioned where the funding, you know, had come from, which I think a lot of people, you know, may not even have thought of in the use of those accounts, but also the importance of credit, right. And that balance of both. Um, so some people think, oh, like my, you know, I don't have the credit, but it's cool. I'm going to start my own business. You know, <laughs> So it's like, hmm. yeah, you may need someone else to help with that then. So mm-hmm. talk a little bit about, you know, and I, and I like to say it was a little bit of a glaze over something really cool and really hard that you did, which was go out and introduce yourself and learn and begin, right. This franchise ownership while still balancing working a full-time job, right? So tell us a little bit about why you made that choice to balance both uh, and, and, and maybe some tips, maybe, you know, if you could the top three things that you think are required to be able to do both. Okay, so I've always been a hustler, always. Step one, uh, you must be a hustler. Got it. Get yeah. your pen, write that down. <laughs> you have to. And it was so funny because, um, you know, I, I, one of the news stations had come to my store during the pandemic um, and they said, you know, how are you staying alive right now? Oh my gosh, like your store is not like, you know, a, a necessary business. You know, this is just like an entertainment business. And I was like, I, I literally said on camera, I said, if you're, if you haven't learned how to hustle, you're, it's not in you. It really won't be in you during this pandemic because, you know, I've had to change in a matter of like a pivot um, in terms of, you know, what I wanted to do, what I needed, how I was going to get things. So yes, you have to hustle. Um, I grew up in, you know, Germantown, part of Philadelphia. Um, I didn't, you know, come from any money whatsoever. Um, you know, we had things shut off, you know, light shut off, you know, pick up the phone up, oh, phone ain't on this week. All right, well, next, maybe next week, you know, I grew up that way. And I knew that that's not how I was going to live. So ever since I was able to work, which was, you know, besides babysitting, you know, as a kid, um, I was like this, I, I'm like razor focused on, I can't live this way. Not saying that it's a bad thing. I just knew that in my mind that I wanted more and I had to work hard to get it because no one was going to give me a thing. No one. And even now up to this point, you know, I don't even believe that, you know, when I I go and apply for, you know, loans or grants or things, I'm like, they ain't going to give it to me. You know, not because I'm pessimistic, but just because it's like how much effort did I put in to get it is always my first thought. Like if I, I feel like if I didn't, you know, like, do so much and do, you know, go over and above and beyond that, then maybe I'm not worthy of getting it. It's just like, I don't know, it's just my mind frame that I just have to, you know, bust my ass, so to speak, to, to, to get what I need. Um, 
So the reason why I, you know, again, I thought like, well, when I turn 40, I want to have a business. Didn't know what it was. But then when I saw this and I felt, all right, well, this is perfect. This is a business whereas I can involve my family. I'm the first business owner of my, you know, families, both sides, husband's side and my side. So, you know, I felt like this was um, a, a teaching moment, a learning moment, something that I could, you know, bring my whole family in. And that to me was like the drive because, you know, you all go to the stores and you, you know, maybe local stores in your neighborhood and you may see there's kids behind the counter. You know, you may see folks and you're like, this is a family. And you're just like, and I always thought like, that is so smart to bring your whole family in because everyone has a gift, a talent that you could utilize that you may not necessarily have to pay that much for it, <laughs> um, which was good for me starting off because, you know, payroll is a whole other conversation. But anyway, um, so I, you know, I felt like doing, having this business, I was going to grow it and maybe eventually stop the full time. But I was smart enough to know I have teenagers, they're expensive. There's things I want to do in my life. Where's the money coming from? So I felt as though, let me see how this works with me having my full-time job with the benefits, with the pay, with the salary that is one time, the same time and the right amount every week, every two weeks versus the business where it's a little ebb and flow, not quite sure what's going on. And my income from the business, because if I have a lot of business and you know, who knows what that is, you know, I can't, I can't guarantee it. So that's why, you know, I felt as though it was important for me to have my own job. Now, I am in a franchise and the franchise owners now, mind you, my franchise that I'm a part of started in 2017. So they're very new. It's a woman owned, um, started franchise. There's about 140, 50 stores across the country, but they started in 2017 and they felt as though no one should have a, you know, a job that the store is life. The store is your life now. I'm like, no. No, no, it's not though. Um, you know, it is my life because honestly it consumes every part of me, but um, I had to have good time management skills. And that's another thing. You have to be able to prioritize your time. I have calendars everywhere. I have a paper one in my, in my bag. Now I already have 2022. I got that in September and I've already written stuff in there. So calendars and being really cognizant of my time is very important because I have to manage my full-time staff at my job, as well as a whole different type of staff at my store. So I had to have really good time management skills. And then I just really, and the other part of this is to being resourceful. Um, you know, the internet is honestly a blessing because I don't have to pound the pavement. I don't have to make cold calls. I can just start throw, throw some things in the Google and stuff just appears to me. And now it's up to me to have the right communication to, you know, reach out to that company or that person to see if they're interested in me versus, you know, having to do, you know, those other things like back in the day. So Ricky, before we get into the top three things that you think someone must have, right? We already said one, that hustle, right? Before you get in those other two, um, tell us a little bit about, like, how did you pick this franchise? Like, what is, you know, versus any of the others, right? And tell us a little bit about this particular okay. franchise. Maybe there's some others that this might fit, you know, their work style or their preference versus others, especially it being women owned. And tell us a little mm -hmm. bit about that. So AR Workshop is a DIY home decor studio. So at any AR Workshop, you're able to create projects for your home with raw materials being wood, knit, or canvas. Every, the wood and the knit are done with um, 
you utilize a stencil versus freehand, thank God, because there's no way in the world that that would have been me. And then knit, you know, you would make a blanket, you make pillows. So, and these are all instructor led. And so the reason why, you know, I chose this was because really I do like, first of all, I like shopping. Um, so I like the fact that, oh my gosh, this can go in my house somewhere. And then I, and it's so selfishly, it's a BYOB. So I'm like, Psh, I can go to work and there's alcohol there. Now I used to bartend. So that was a whole other life, right? But I'm like, I miss bartending, but I don't like those hours. They suck so bad. Me too. You do it too? I did. I bartended in college for three years and did it like a little bit afterwards too. It was awesome, but the hours are terrible, but the money's great and the socialization and the drinking, it's like a, it's a really great thing before you got to focus on other things in life. So please. No, that's, that's exactly why. And plus it started hurting my back because I'm not young. I'm not that young anymore. So, so the reason why I chose this was because again, you know, to her point, it's, you know, social, it was BYOB. When people come in, they come in in a good mood versus in your corporate day to day, people are irked. You know, they come in irks because of traffic, because they didn't have their coffee yet, just because they're there. I mean, and so at least with the store, people come in and happy. Um, and then, you know, we, we do, we run like summer camps, we run, um, we host fundraisers. So then there's the giving back part of it. So I'm like, okay, I get to give back, have alcohol at the place. Um, people are in a good mood and they make stuff and I make people happy. So Sounds to me, like a no brainer to me, right? And, and, and the point you made earlier about um, being able to involve your your whole family, right? So this being a woman led um, franchise, and you know you um, being a mom, uh, mm -hmm. talk a little bit about and you know being able to integrate your family into this. Uh, tell us a little bit about how do you think you know having a teenage daughter and what this teaches her. You know how involved is she in this, and as a working mom, what this what kind of examples this this sets right for a young lady yeah so i do have a 16 year old daughter and my son is 18 and i've both made i've made them you know work at the store they've run workshops um you know they've worked summer camp and just you know run with the kids and you know help help adults and children i think you know what i've always wanted to show to my kids was that um you know there literally are superheroes in real life um, we're a big Marvel family. We watch every Marvel movie. And so, you know, my husband calls me a mutant because he's like, I've never met anybody that's able to do so much in such an, a proficient, accurate way. I just don't even understand you. Like, I don't even understand how you do these things. And I'm like, well, I take that as a compliment. I really do. Because honestly, it's it's hard work. I mean, it's, it's work to... Um, you know, to make sure that everything is aligned, that everything is right, that, you know, I want to do everything. And I've always said, I'm going to just keep going until I can't anymore, you know, whatever age that is. And, you know, you rest when you die. I think my grandma might've said that, you know, all of my family, you know, the, the old school part of the family um, worked till the end. And they're just like, what do you mean? Like, what, what do you mean retire? Um, <laughs> I had a cousin that I used to look up to. Well, I still look up to her, and she's like, "I, 
you know, sleep when you die. <laughs> she just, I'm not sure. I mean, it kind of goes against how Leah kicked off the episode about <laughs> focused on uh, empowering yourself, getting that rest, getting, getting that energy and exercise. I, um, think, balance. I think it's a season, right? For me, I think it's seasonal, especially if you're, while you're building something, right? You're building something that requires your time and attention. And we've talked about this in previous episodes you know, a business is, a, is like a, having a baby, right? Having a new child, having a brand new baby that's young and fragile and needs your attention. And there aren't a whole lot of other people that can do what you do for the business. Um, and then your point, Amma, around like bringing in systems and making sure some things can happen without you. So you can actually stand back and enjoy some of it too. I think it's the kind of balance that I personally desire to create. And certainly I've been in an AR workshop and it feels like a really good time. Like it feels like a good time. My daughter was there, you know, one of our other friends who also the, it was a temple, actually temple black alumni association hosted an event at Ricky's location. And because we were like, oh, you know, we'll see what it's like. We were able to bring the children. It was just such a good atmosphere of activity as well as music and conversation and real engaging that I could see totally how you're like, oh, I want to create an atmosphere in my business that I want to be at, right? Like, I don't want it to be a downer. And then you, we were able to create that chemistry and the dynamic with several other people. I think there were like 25 or 30 people there. Um, right. But my daughter is 10 and it was all the way up to, you know, people who are in their forties and maybe even fifties. So I think what you, your desire to like have a vibe that's good and have a franchise that promotes that. I certainly, you nailed it as far as I was concerned and we'll be back in a couple of weeks. So, you Thank know, you so much. Work. so cool. Thank you very much. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like you did a lot of research before choosing what the best franchise for you really was and I think at least for me what it's done is when I when I hear the word franchise I think of fast food I think of quick serve I think of maybe uh wellness centers but more like you know spas and massage places right I don't think of experiences and I love a DIY experience like that is like my jam I feel like I create my own at home right so you know just to to kind of enlighten people that it's possible to really do whatever your mind can 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 fathom and if it doesn't exist you can create it right because these women yeah. had to create it you know, in five, you know, four years ago, right? Yeah. And that's the thing. It's, um, you know, there is a market, I believe, for just about everything. If I like it, I know there's some other people out there that's going to like it too. And so I really wanted to make sure that the, and like you said, Leah, the vibe that was in there, like, I want to be there on my day off. I want to just, you know, hang out there and um, it's always good folks and um, good atmosphere. And when I hear that from people, I'm just like, hey, something's working. Because honestly, as a business owner, you just feel like every day, like, oh, that's messed up. Oh, look at that. Like, I just feel like there's so many like negative or messed up mm -hmm. things that I've done. But yet when I hear someone say, you know, oh, my daughter loved the party. It was so great. We're going to come back. And I'm just like, oh, yay. <laughs> but you have no idea the pain and the headache, you know, the, that happened, you know, to make this happen for you. But I'm happy. It's just like really stressful as an owner to, you know, you just have this pressure, you know, all the time, even though you have staff, but it just feel more on me because I am so owner. I feel extra pressure on myself because if it doesn't work out and then it's me, it's because of me, you know, I just take that on probably probably not healthy, but I do take that on um, by myself. Whenever you own anything, 
right? <laughs> if you, it's about taking ownership and accountability and, and um, I think it's a way of thinking, right? So things could go wrong. You can blame the employee. You can blame the consultant. You can blame the vendor. You can blame the contractor, or you can say, you know what, what could I have done differently to set this person up for success? What if, what could have I have done differently to, to make it clear, to make the directions, instructions clear, or what, or could I have hired someone differently, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think as an owner, that is our responsibility, right? It sounds like that might be the third component, right? So we talked about, you got to have some hustle. You got to have good credit and ability to get financing. And it sounds like you got to have ability to take accountability and ownership so that your business actually does what you believe it to do because you are there and systematically putting things in place in order for it to be successful to create the experience, right? Whatever that experience is that you're selling to the consumer, you have to be accountable for it, you know, when it's all said and done. But Ricky, Go ahead, I do Leah, bring, I, it, bring it in full circle to the to that question circle. we had that we top three. <laughs> Snatch these edges all the way together. But <laughs> Ricky, I do, I do, I would love to, you know, look at to come back, you know, a year from now, two years from now, and hear about how your experience evolves and maybe your opportunity to create a little bit more balance for yourself. And we can, you know, really, you know, as your children come of age and can take on bigger responsibilities or, you know, however it evolves, I would certainly love to see that and to learn more since you're our first franchisee on the the podcast. We'd love to follow your story because it's one that's really interesting. And I think even on top of it, this you know, the great resignation and what we're seeing that's happening in the atmosphere in our, in the world, right? In the job market, I think a lot more people are going to be interested in entertaining or researching and learning more about these kinds of things. I personally was interested after I left, I was like, oh, this is a great franchise model. I seems great. And you made some excellent choices. Your location is excellent, right? You're absolutely like the music. There were some very key intentional choices. So you can see your hard work and, you know, sometimes it's good to get your flowers now. So these are your flowers. We enjoyed our experience. Thank you a lot. And, um, you know, I do want to say one thing about a franchise is, but the beauty of a franchise is really, you don't have to um, come up with anything really new. Like they've already given you the playbook as to what works. Now, mind you, because they're all over the country, what works here may not work in some small rural town in Kentucky. All right. So you really have to know where you're from and which is why being in Chestnut Hill, which was right down the street from, you know, Germantown for me and Philly is my city. So I know, I knew that area. You have to know your area. You have to know your, your clientele or who you even want to be your clientele that isn't yet. And so that worked really well for me that, you know, they would give me everything I needed, you know, from advertising to promotions to whatever, they would give me things. And then I would tweak it based off of who I wanted to represent. So as we close out, tell us a little bit about, you know, where people can find you, right, online and um, in person. And if there's any requirements for people to attend, you know, you know, we want to give you an opportunity to promote and share your business because that's where I wear Temple alum. So we're all things Philly. Leah is yeah. from Philly, right? I am. Um, we are on Facebook, clearly. So we're AR Workshop Chestnut Hill. So since there are different locations, you always have to put Chestnut Hill wherever you want to find us. We're on LinkedIn. Um, and that's for my business folks that want to do, you know, team building and um, which we've done many times. That's starting to become a big hit due to virtual. Um, a lot of people working from home. So we've done a lot of virtual workshops with businesses. 
and companies. Um, we're also on Instagram, Air Workshop Chestnut Hill. Um, I'm starting, I've started a TikTok, but I am so bad at it. I swear. I'm not the dancing one. I can't, I just can't. So I, so I had the teenagers, the teenagers helped me. That's what they're good for. Okay. Because the teenagers will sit there. They know that social media, they'll just pop it up, up and ship it off for me. So we're on TikTok as well. Air works for Chestnut Hill. And lastly, um, we've started a YouTube channel, which again, but, um, see we're on YouTube as well. So we're on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, TikTok. Um, and that just, that hits everybody, I think. And yeah. then our website is, um, you know, www.airworkshop.com slash chestnut hill. And your unplugging is, we, we want people to come and unplug um, and have fun and just do a new experience. Um, again, it's workshops, it's date night, it's fundraisers, summer camps, um, just cause I need to get out the house. I mean, we're just, we're there, you know, basically seven days a week in some capacity. So um, you know, I really hope that people, you know, when they consider a paint and sip place, like a painting with a twist, there's also something you can step it up a notch or there's something else that you can do so that, you know, you don't have 10 of 10 canvas paintings in your house. You can do other things, you know, there's always something else. So just expand your horizons. Um, you know, Leah can tell you that you might've thought that you might not have, you know, walked out with something that was presentable, but you surprised yourself and, um, you know, and it's fun for kids and adults and couples and everybody. Amazing. Oh, yeah, amazing. So Ricky, thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Career Gems for the Journey. We loved hearing about your story, your hybrid work experience and your franchising. And we look forward to being in your space again and having a great time at AR Workshop. I'll be there at the end of the month. I'll make sure to check in and say hello. With that, we really appreciate all you guys for listening to this episode of Career Gems for the Journey. And we will see you the next time. Thanks, Thank guys. You. Bye now. This was Amma Gordon and Leah Murphy. Thank you so much for listening. We hope this episode gave you some real gems that you can use on your own career journey. Come back for the next episode and be sure to follow us on social at Gems for the Journey on Instagram and Career Gems for the Journey on LinkedIn. You can also email us at info at gemsforthejourney.org with any questions or comments you may have.